Blog Talk Radio. You had the A side and the B side, but it's not going to get into uh, the side of 
outside music and all that. But I'm just saying is this, man. Mob Deep was one of the most talented rap groups, man, and and just sad, you know, Prodigy passing away. And all I'm bumping this whole is Mob Deep. I mean, I still be bumping Mob Deep today. But like I said, man, it was just so much fun, man. Because I'm Prodigy, like, you know, tell me, it's like, hey, I know, um, um, I know the club at the end, man, but won't you, you know, won't you pull it and puff this L with us? You know, you know the New York cats, man, man, got so many different terminology and words, man. It just sounds so stupid, man, but it's just so cool hearing it. You know what I mean? And I was like, oh, let me make this cool, you know. So I'm in my early 20s, man. So next thing you know, in the club, everything's running cool, about to shut down. So I go over there, sit down in between Prodigy and Nas, and you pass the L over me, dude. I take a puff, man. I'm like, oh, <coughs> I was up too bad. Prodigy like, yo, done. you alright, man? And I was like, yo, man, I can't mess with this. And I just, yo, right here from my house, he tripping, yo. <laughs> so I'll just say it, man. That was just my little my deep story, but like I said, big up, man. The infamous Hell on Earth, two of the best hip CDs of all time. I don't care what people say. I don't care if you want to call it that trip or nope. Uh-uh. Hell on Earth. Man, I'm telling you, some classic songs on that album. But up fast, you already know the single Hell on Earth. Then Murder Music album. You know, that was a classic as well. But, you know, anyway, man, this is the Nick and Chuck Pro Talk Show. I know fans sitting there like, man, well, I thought y'all talking football now, y'all, but. This is our show. Now, like I said, I just want to give love to we the passion of a legend. We diversify. We can we can go any which direction we like. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know, I'm Nick in California, and it feels so good to be here in L.A. doing the show with my man to see. And like I said, our L.A. crowd, L.A. fans, the California fans, we will be coming soon to uh. Should I say it, Chuck, or just say? Nah, don't tell him. Nah, don't give tell him. him. That, nah, just give him that tease and let him and let him soak on that. <laughs> tell him nothing. I ain't say nothing. But Chuck, man, quick, man, was you a Prodigy fan? Did you love Mob Deep, man? Were you a Mob Deep fan? Yeah, I mean, '80s baby. You know, grew up during the best era of hip hop, which was the '90s. I mean, you know, a lot of things in life are debatable, but that's one of them. Uh, and yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, come on, Shook Ones is obviously, you know, one of the t- five songs that's ever been produced. Let alone you know, the best beat that's ever been produced. Uh, that was produced by Havoc. Am I correct, Mister yeah. Historian? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you if you '80s baby, and you love hip hop during the '90s. I mean, Mob Deep was definitely one of those uh, groups, hip hop groups. That was up there, man. I mean, we had so much heat during the nineties, man. It was, it, you know, that like I said, that was the the, the pinnacle of the hip hop of, of the rap that we love. And Mob Deep was among that group. They was one of the top groups there. As Havoc is one of the best uh, rappers slash producers out there. You know, I always give love to my boy RZA because I think hands down he's not only the best rapper and producer. He's just, I, he's just best producer, period. I know fans, he's like, ah, what about that Dr. Dre? What about that? No, no. RZA. All day long. We 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 gonna have a whole nother shit. We can talk hours about it, and you still because I Because RZA is the man hands down, but you know what? Havoc ain't far behind him. And you know what? That's a compliment. They ain't saying nothing bad because you can't second behind RZA, even third behind RZA. 
you the man. And Havoc was the man. And then, like you mentioned, Prodigy, great lyricist, great MC, and Die 42. And you know what? You said something earlier, Nick, talking about, uh, you know, when people pass away, you know, everybody wants y'all they love and they praise. And they don't praise nobody alive. But, you know, that's nothing new. That always happens in life. Uh, very few people get the love they truly deserve before they pass. I mean, my family got all the praise, you know, he deserved before he passed. Uh, but like you mentioned, there's other people out there that was great at what they did as a profession, uh, and they didn't get the respect and the love that they should have got. And by the time they die, it's too late, and everybody want to jump on the bandwagon for a week or two. But you know what? You know those loyal fans need? You always been talking about this ain't nothing new. I can uh I can attest to the fact Neat does that mob deep, especially Prodigy. You've been talking about it for years, so there's a war going on outside. Ain't no man safe. Uh, uh, I'm just gonna put it right there. It's the G O D Godfather Part Three. Ah, let me stop, man. Give me hype. But all right, anyway, we got a one, man. So uh the latest films going on right now as we talked about last week. Uh, the Titans officially announced that they have signed wide receiver Eric Decker to a two-year deal, which is actually a smart move because Chuck and I elaborated on it last week, and I'm not going to do too much time oh, about it. <laughs> elaborated. Elaborated. <laughs> elaborated. Stop. But anyway, um, you know, we touched on it last weekend. We, we are felt that this was a great pickup for this young wide receiver core and finally get their veteran play making um a receiver at the uh, wide receiver position. Another web for Marcus Mariota. Also the New England Super Bowl champs. Boy, has had one hell of an off season once again and they went out and just made some moves today, a big move today, actually signing uh former Pro Bowl uh linebacker that is Dave Harris and then like I said, man, it's just it's like no whisper song. And the beat goes on. I mean, it's just getting out of control, man. I mean, you know, you already signed Brandon Cooks and now you get my boy uh David Harris in there. You know, he's gonna probably be Dante Hightower coming there, relieve him because we already know about Dante Hightower's um injury three in the past great last season. He's finally able to stay healthy. But man, this was a pick right here. I mean, you you getting a Pro Bowl linebacker who's pissed off because the Jets cut him. I mean, I thought he was a Jet for life. The Jets said, "Now we can move on from you." Because Jets too. Yeah, actually, too individual. But uh, that's what dumb teams do. You know, they let their best player leave, one of their players leave, and then guess what? He goes to the uh, Super Bowl champs. <laughs> and so, watch David Harris probably ball up. He's gonna give this Patriot organization on the team. Um, all he has um, off on the field and off the field is actually a good, uh, um, character guy off the field. But this is a great sign. I love this center for the Patriots. And I'm telling you, Dave Harris is going to pay dividends. We're going to be talking about this guy um, in the playoffs. He's going to be making sideline to sideline plays. And I, man, I just think it's a great pickup. What you think, Chuck? I don't even want to talk about it because these Patriots is cheating. Like we always say, it's like, you know, back in the day when we used to play that, that bad and those the games we used to go over our friend's house and they had that quote unquote home field of like like for example we played at Madden they had a camera go at a different at a at a different angle than they used to playing with. You like, man, change the camera but nah, these are my house rules. That's what the Patriots doing. The Patriots are cheating 
and uh, would just continue to cheat. And not, I ain't talking about like plate gate, and, uh, camera gate, whatever that was called. I'm talking about they cheating in terms of being the champions. So far this offseason, they've had a great offseason. I mean, we know that they didn't do a lot at the top of the draft, but they had excellent draft. They read it. Later the way they first round they picked bring Brandon Cooks, which is better than any first round pick they could have got, especially at number thirty two. I brought in Stefan Gilmore. Uh and they just made all these excellent moves in the offseason. And then they continue to make in, in the offseason over and they continue to make excellent moves, bringing in a great linebacker. Just like we were talking about me, uh where people don't get respected until it's too late. David Harris ain't been the respect he deserves. He's been a linebacker for the New York. Yeah, 10 plus years. Like we said, we already established that they're idiots. Uh, not just fans, just they know we love you. But you know, organizational decision makers are a bunch of idiots. And you get rid of your best player, your veteran player, 10 plus years with the same team, you gave his heart and soul to this team, and you just let him walk out and guess what? It's the price to you. They're division rivals. Like, if you won't, don't put the man at least straight to an NFC team. So maybe you won't have to, have to see him every one every one every four years. You trade to your division rival where you're going to see them. You're going to see him twice a year, every year. Into the football championships. It gets hard nemesis. Uh, so. Jack said, address the point on to your budget because this thing gonna be a rough. All right, <clears throat> I can that. Okay. Now, fans, last well, actually, yeah, I might as well say the past couple weeks. I was gonna say weeks, but Chuck and I have to you guys about you know what? Wait, wait, I didn't hear what you said. We went. <laughs> I was just saying for the past couple weeks. Kind of tease the fans okay. because you know uh, we was going to talk about let the fans know about the personal reasons why we love the game of football. And I know some of you guys too, you know, diehard and Chuck fans every week and be saying, "Hold on, my title and the subject area, Nick and Chuck talk about reason why they love the game of football." And where you guys been at on that? I know we get sidetracked. You know, Nick's mind goes here, Chuck. And we just, you know, it's just, it's just too much to get into, man. And sometimes we slip up, you know. So I'm bad, you know. My bad on me, Chuck. I mean, I ain't going to apologize, but I know you going to go ahead. But we're going to go ahead and give our reasons why we love the game. Chuck, I'm going to start with you first because I became a diehard New York Games football fan at the age of four. And I'm going to go ahead out there and throw my age out there because in 1984, I was four years old. I was in my room, on my knees, on the bed, playing with my toys. And I had a couple G.I. Joe characters, and I think I had Star Wars characters. I can't remember all the toys I had. But what I used to like to do with my little toys, man, I used to act like they were football players. <laughs> have like an invisible football and all out the evil names, man. Or, you know, acting like, you know, my little toys were here, Giants, Rider. And you got to keep mine. I'm four years old, so I can barely pronounce these guys' names and stuff. But how it happened is, is I was watching TV, and I seen the Giants on TV. You know, back in the 80s, the Giants had a helmet that just said the Giants. 
I like now is like NY on the side. It was just Giants, you know, big Giants. And Giants were playing the Washington Redskins, whooping that ass. And I said, man, I said, damn, I like this team. You know, they look physical out there, and they got a couple players, you know, Carl Banks, you know, Lawrence Taylor, you know. I mean, the team looked pretty good out there. And that's when I said, I think I'm going to become a fan of this team. Okay, All right, so let's fast forward a few years later. Uh, Monday Night Football, um, my Oakland Raiders, actually it was the Los Angeles Raiders at the time. This is when I became a Raiders fan because I'm a nice and Raiders fan. Uh, the Raiders were playing a Monday night football and a running back by the name of Bo, 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 Bo football Jackson. He went 90, was 99 yards, I think it was 99 yards, and all the way uh, one side of the field to the other side of the field, touchdown court, and he went all the way in the tunnel, didn't come back out for about a minute or two or whatever, and that's when I just got excited. I, mean, I threw toys in the air still. I, you know, I upgraded my toys. I had a couple new G. So I throws up and then I said, "Man, that's my second fake team right there." So 1984, that's when I became a Giants fan. In 1987, uh, yeah, it was 87. I became a Raiders fan, and it was just like I said, and it was just I, I fell in love with their helmets. I fell in love with the physicality of the team, how they looked on the field. They just was like bull. I guess because it was the opponent that they was playing at the time. We know the Seahawks weren't that great in the 80s, and the Redskins, yeah, they were solid in the 80s, but that particular game, my Giants had to get up in that ass that game. And I was just excited, man. I remember I ran another time my mom and dad. I said, Mommy, Dad, I like the Giants. Uh, dad, I like the Raiders. My dad was wrong with you because, you know, my dad from Ohio, he's a diehard Brown fan. And, you know, he's looking at me, Are you, you a traitor like the Bengals or the Browns? I'm like, No, I like the Giants. I like the Raiders. look cool. They look excited. You know, and I was just so hyped. And then, you know, you see now Davis on the sideline in the, in the uh, track suit, the Raiders track suit. With that, uh, the oil slick hair, I was like, "Damn, man, it's hard." You know what I'm saying? So it just had me all excited. That's when I became a Giants fan and I became a Los Angeles slash Oakland Raiders fan. So yeah, that's how I became in love with my two favorite NFL teams. So fans, now know why Neek became a Giants. And let me ask you a couple questions, there, Neek. Who? Who was your favorite or is your favorite all-time Giants player? And same question applies. Who has been your favorite player throughout your time since 84 when you with the Giants and then a few years later when you fell out with the Raiders? Who's been your all-time favorite Giants player and who's your all-time favorite Raiders player? Man, that's, that's, that's a tough question, man, because as a kid, it was all about Lawrence Taylor, you know, the Giants, man. It was just like I looked at this 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 athlete and I said, I'm "Not talking about the Lawrence Taylor, <laughs> you know, who, who's got the DUI issues and all that cocaine. stuff." <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, cocaine, hell of a drug. I'm not talking about that LT, but what we talk about in the '80s, man, and the '90s, Lawrence Taylor was just a beast. I'm gonna say for me, it was Lawrence Taylor because he was just getting havoc on the offensive line. They couldn't control this guy, just getting sack after sack. The, the most, actually, the quickest step I've ever seen coming off that ball. I gotta say, Lon Taylor, and then for the Raiders, see that's tough, man, because uh, adult years, uh, I was the teenage adult years. Oh, I can't even say that, man, because Charles Wilson was my all-time favorite player. But you know, Charles Wilson was until we got out of college. Um, but I would probably say Charles Wilson or Bo Jackson. That's a little toss. So I would say Charles Wilson won A and Bo Jackson won. B. 
well, let's dig a little deep. How did you become Charles Woodson fan? Well, uh, Charles Woodson, man, it was just okay. Here's the thing, because I mean, we got so many stories, but I remember when I was let's see, a freshman, Charles Woodson was senior. Now, what high school? At co- I mean, high school. And I remember we're from Southern Ohio. Charles Woodson went to Fremont High School, which is the north. Um, and I remember our coaches were talking about it. this kid, you know, North Ohio man, you know, by the name of uh, Charles Woodson running back. And it's crazy, fans. I'm telling you, Charles Woodson running back in high school. Chuck got me hip, man. He was like, neat. He says YouTube videos, and I was like, yeah, right, man. You know, that was back back in the early '90s, man. And hey, that was VHS. But Charles Woodson fans go. Google, type in Charles Woodson, and you'll see his high school highlight. I mean, he was just running over those those guys, man. I felt bad <laughs> for some of those players on defense because Chuck, man, wasn't it? It wasn't pretty, was it? Oh no, nah, it, it was pretty. It was pretty ugly on a, a epic level. And, and you think Charles Woodson is a small man now when you kind of look at him against other NFL players? But in those high school, in those high school highlights. He was already a grown ass man playing against those little kids, and it was—I mean, it, it was phenomenal. I mean, you knew this guy. Looking for those videos back then, you saw him in person. You knew this guy was going to be special if he was going to stay healthy. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, fans, is that as our our high school football team, we always scrimmage up in Maslin, Ohio, and I got to make it real quick so Chuck can get his story in. But um, when we got to Maslin, Ohio, our coaches kept talking about this kid named Charles Woodson, but I didn't get a chance to see him play because they already got with their scrimmages and they moved on. But after following him and hearing about him, because I used to read him the paper because we didn't have the internet like that back then, but when he got to Michigan, you know, he moved over to the defense. And everybody know I've been a Michigan and Miami fan since I was a little kid. And I know some of them Ohio State fans are like, what? How did you go to Ohio State? You're a Michigan fan? What the hell's wrong with you, nigga? We'll say that for another show. But what I'm saying is, man, when he got to Michigan, I'm telling you, man, the game gave him Boston, him against uh, Ohio State, uh, um, you know, last game of the year, him and David Boston, so much hype around that game. That's when Wilson took that game over, had that punt return, did the high high pose. Then they went on to beat Washington State in the Rose Bowl and won that national championship that year. Woodson is the only player in college football history um, defensive player to win the Heisman Trophy Award. I mean, come on, man. He beat out Peyton Manning and Randy Moss for the Heisman. Come on, man. Everybody thought that Heisman year was a lock for Peyton Manning, but, hey, we didn't beat him out. So, like I said, man, I've just been in love with Woodson, man, his play, his style. I mean, he's just a big player on the field. I got a chance to meet him, man, and Woodson. We got to look up, talk about that wine, man, because Neek is into that red wine, man. We got to link up. But, uh, yeah, so that's how I became a fan of Charles Woodson. Well, my story is a little bit simpler. I was born and raised in Cincinnati, Ohio, born in Children's Hospital. And that's all the information you're going to get because fans, as you know, neat like to tell you everything. And I don't like to tell you nothing about that hot fire about that football. But today we're going to get a little intimate. I'm going to open up a little bit. You see the sensitive side of Chuck. Born and raised in Cincinnati, Ohio, Children's Hospital. So by birthright, I was supposed to be a Cincinnati Bengals fan. And Growing up in the 80s, the Bengals was a very good football team. Like, it was a long time ago, so people just kind of lift people's memories. Like, nowadays, people just think, oh, you know, they just think Marvin Lewis has been there for 40-plus years. He's been there for over a decade. It's a long time. And then, as we know, the dark ages, 
which was the early 2000s and all of the 90s. But in the 80s, back when Paul Brown was still alive and still in control of his football, the Bengals went to the Super Bowl twice. Uh, the first year, I believe, was 82, something like that. I may be wrong on the exact year around that time. Uh, but, yeah, it was close to 80-something. Like, I don't remember exact year uh, because I was very young at that time. I do remember the second time they went to the Super Bowl, which was in 1989. Uh, I was about nine years old, and I still remember sitting on the floor watching that game, Cincinnati Bengals versus the San Francisco 49ers. And I still remember very vividly John Taylor going running the drag. I don't know if it was drag or what type of route that was, in, cross, whatever, in the back of the end zone, and the great Joe Montana just hitting John Taylor for the game-winning touchdown. And Cincinnati Bengals lost the Super Bowl. And I remember sitting on that floor, my dad sitting on the couch. I remember just crying. Just crying there. I lost the Super Bowl, and that hurt my heart. Uh, but I've always been a Bengals fan. Like I said, it's been by birthright. My story is much simpler than yours, Neek. It was not no one single player that I like looked at him. I fell in love with him. Winning the uniforms. It wasn't any of that. It was just this is my city. This is my team. It was simple as that. And we went through the great years, eighties, went through the dark, dark, I mean black hole type of dark. I mean interstellar, your ass ain't coming out this black hole like uh no. That, that those eight those nineties sucked. We talking about Keely Smith. We talking about Darnay Scott. David Klinger. We, we talk about David Klinger. We talk about the soap opera veteran Jeff Blake. I'm just playing on that. Just had to throw that out there. <laughs> and, and yeah, uh, who did you mention Darnay Scott? Mm-hmm. Darnay Scott was that thing. Yeah, he, was, he was alive for a few years. But but all right during those black hole years with Hall of Fame ready. But you know, like I said, my story is very simple. Born and raised, Cincinnati kid. This is my team. Always gonna love them, no matter what. Uh but in terms of my favorite, I never really had one favorite player with the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, obviously the best player we've ever had and maybe the best offensive lineman that has ever played this game was Anthony Munoz, who actually went to USC to college. Uh, and he played his entire career in Cincinnati. And Nick, I know you didn't get to face his son, Mike Munoz, on the football field. I know you, you went up against him in track, track and field and the shot put. Uh, but, you know, I went to St. X High School. He went to Moeller High School, and we were rivals. And I played on offense. He also played on offense, so we went heads up. But, you know, I got to see his son, Mike Munoz, in person. And Anthony Munoz would be at the games. And Anthony Munoz, best hands down, best player in franchise history. And arguably the best offensive lineman that has ever played the game. Fans, if you don't know about Anthony Munoz, you need to look him up. And you'll see, and I'm not just feeding you a bunch of hot air. Anthony Munoz was the man. We've had a lot of – there's been a lot of great players in Cincinnati, but – fact that we so terrible during the 90s, you know, doesn't, you know, people forget about that. But if I had to choose another player besides Anthony Munoz, I got to go with Corey Dillon. Corey Dillon, going back to what we talked about at the beginning about Prodigy, not getting respect while he was alive. Corey Dillon 
hands down, we talked about this when Terrell Davis was going through his uh, going to Pro Football of Fame. Corey Dillon, one of the best running backs, Hall of Fame running back, hands down. I think he was uh, probably my favorite Bengals player of all time. And you know what, Nick? You know, we both love this game. Uh, we both we both talk a lot of stuff about the NFL because the NFL does have a lot of problems. But we love this game. NFL owners, NFL players, much respect for you. Even though it might not sound like it sometimes, but we do. And this is our only time we're going to do this because we're going to continue that stuff and continue to give our fans that hot fight. <laughs> Anthony Munoz, Jr., man. Mike, Mike, man. Mike Munoz. I was going to say Munoz, Jr. That, that's how I feel about Mike Munoz, man. I couldn't stand his ass, dude, because I had beef with that dude. But anyway, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Me was a beast on the field, man. I just never forget. He kept pancaking, throwing my little defensive line in front of me. That's what I do Saturday morning, so I had to watch film. Coach be like, why, why are you just following the ground? I'm like, man, I ain't going to have that big dude coming at me getting pancaked the truck. Anyway, yeah, big up to uh, Munoz, man. I know he's uh, doing the field. But anyway, fans, if you missed the show live, always go to iTunes and download the Neek and Chuck Pro Talk Show. For Neek, Chuck, see you guys next week.